So, technology. How do you use yours? I think technology gets a, a bad rap sometimes. Some people love it, some people hate it. In this podcast, we're going to look at the pros and cons of using technology, how you can create a new relationship with technology in 2012, and even how it could be used for the greater good. It used to be the case, of course, that technological changes simply couldn't come fast enough. Now it seems that they come a little bit too quickly, and a huge amount has changed in the last 10 years. So in 2000, only 25% of the population had access to the internet in their homes. That's compared to more than 75% of us now. That's a 300% increase in just a decade. Back in 2000, if you can remember that far back, just 36% of the population owned a mobile phone. Whereas now 9 out of 10 people, 91% of the population own a mobile phone. In fact, 1 out of 7 households have even dispensed of their landline altogether. The number of collective minutes that we that we speak on the phone has grown by over 250% in that decade. And the number of text messages has increased by a massive 2,000% from 7 billion a year to 129 billion per year. And then, of course, smartphones came along, allowing us access to emails, social networks and everything else through the phone. About 25% of adults and about 50% of teens now own a smartphone. And according to a recent Ofcom report, just under half of these adults were found to be addicted to their phones and just over half of teens were addicted to theirs. And it's interesting, Ofcom found that the, the smartphones are actually starting to influence our, our social behaviour with, with people confessing to use their phones everywhere imaginable from the dining room table, to the bedroom, and even to the, the bathroom and the toilet. I think the frightening thing is that, that over 80% of these users have their mobile switched on all the time, even when they're in bed asleep. And over 40% of those people check their work emails after hours and even whilst on holiday. So if you're one of those, then I think this might be a very useful podcast for you and a very, op- a very good opportunity, actually, just to reassess your relationship with technology. So these are incredible changes, there's no question about that. But I think for some people, the flow of digital chatter has already become quite unmanageable and and even overwhelming at times. In fact, I think many people are starting to wonder how they can unplug a little bit more, how they can switch off and perhaps even get away from it altogether. So you're certainly not alone if you're wanting to disengage from technology, if that's part of, or just one, of your new year's resolutions i think the starting place is to establish whether you are actually one of those who's overly reliant or perhaps even addicted to the internet or your smartphone so i'm just going to ask you a few questions you might like to replay them afterwards you might even like to write down the answers but i'm just going to take you through a few questions so do you ever neglect your work to spend time on social networks Do you ever neglect housework to spend more time online? Do you frequently check your emails throughout the day, even if you don't have to for work? Do you often lose sleep because you log onto the computer late at night? Do you check your phone immediately upon waking in the morning? Do you panic 
if you lose battery power or leave your phone at home? Do you feel the urge to go online when you're doing other things sometimes? Or get distracted by your phone when you're listening to others? And has your overuse of the phone ever caused any conflict or argument with loved ones around you? I think if you answered yes or often or always to many of these, then it's probably time to rethink your relationship with technology. And there's a number of good reasons for that. I think the the most important is that all of this overstimulation actually affects the brain in in a very real way. And ultimately, it leaves us feeling stressed, a little bit frazzled. It can manifest in a lot of different ways. It might be in a physical way, an emotional way, or mentally as well. So in in 2008, we consumed three times as much information as we did back back in the 1960s. And if you work in an average office here in the UK, there's a very good chance that in just an hour, you will switch screens or change windows, check emails up to 37 times. It's a huge amount of stimulation for both the the mind and the body to cope with. And scientists who study the brain are saying that they're noticing that in juggling emails and phone calls and, and all this information, it's actually starting to affect the way that we think and the way that we behave. They say that our ability to to focus is being undermined by the bursts of information coming through all the different digital channels. And these play to a very primitive impulse to respond to immediate opportunities and threats. So the stimulation provokes excitement, which in effect leads to a, a squirt of dopamine in the body, a release of a hormone that researchers know is very addictive. And in its absence, people feel bored. So effectively, what we're doing, we're, we're rewarding our brains every time we switch task. Rewarding it for jumping from one thing to another rather than actually staying focused on one task. At Harvard Medical School and the, the University of Massachusetts as well, where they're, they're assessing the effects of this overstimulation on children... They found that the the young developing brain is actually wiring itself in a whole new way. So not only will our behavior be different in the future, but the brains themselves will actually be be wired differently. So clearly it's affecting our ability to focus. but, But research from Stanford University shows that it also affects our ability to filter the relevant from the irrelevant. With so much information coming in at us, it's very difficult to decide what we need to engage with and what we don't. They found that it's also that much more difficult to manage our short-term memory. So don't be surprised if all of this this digital chatter also has you forgetting different things. They found that it makes it that much more difficult to switch from one task to another. Because the mind now is... It's jumping from one place to another. It's very, very difficult, actually. It it struggles to adapt and to keep up with the rate of change. And they also found that it makes it very difficult to sleep restfully. And, of course, it also impacts our ability to, to learn new things. Recently, a study at the University of Michigan showed that when people had been out for a walk in nature as opposed to a walk in a very dense urban environment, they were that much more able to learn. 
their their learning was that much more efficient so it suggests that after processing a barrage of information like that it leaves us feeling a little fatigued mentally and probably physically as well so although it's tempting to think that we're actually refreshing ourselves by interacting online very often we're actually fatiguing ourselves i think some of the most interesting research that's come out of uh of this study is from harvard and it shows that in order for the mind to be focused in order for it to be learning efficient and productive we have to give it the necessary downtime and rest that it needs so the recommendation from this team that was studying this overstimulation of the brain was that actually we learn how to to meditate or we learn how to train in mindfulness so that we're less distracted by thought and more focused in life. I think a great analogy for this is if you own a car. So owning a car is it's very well depending on your sort of political stance on climate change it can be a very useful thing, right? But just because you have a car doesn't mean that you drive it around town 24 hours a day with your foot flat to the floor. If you did, eventually the car would break down, right? And the same is true of the mind. Just because we have the ability to think, just because we have a mind doesn't mean that we need to think 24 hours a day. And if we do, eventually it will break down and we'll start to experience a greater sense of stress in both body and mind. So in the same way that if you have a a really precious car you would put it in the garage you'd look after it and you'd only get it out when you need it in the same way we need to learn how to do that with the mind how to not just allow it to run on its own all the time but instead to have it there to use when we need it but not to just allow it to to run around the whole time without us even being aware of it sometimes So it's worth asking whether there's some balance to be found in this new wave of technology. Is there a, a middle way? Could technology be a force for good rather than bad? Could it have the potential to make us less stressed rather than more? If we could only find a more skillful way to relate to it. And could smartphones even have the potential to deliver us tools that help us to lead happier and healthier lives? Of course, Ultimately, it's not technology itself that's the problem, but rather how we choose to relate to it and engage with it. So it's an an inherent part of our lives now, and to resist that is well, it's nothing short of denial really. So it's not about giving it up or avoiding it, but instead moderating and controlling its use, ensuring that we use it for the benefit of ourselves and of others in the process. So this idea of motivation is obviously really really important and it's for you to clarify in your mind what your motivation is for engaging with technology whether you're using it as a a distraction something to get away from feelings of boredom or frustration or whatever it might be whether you use it because you feel obliged to keep up with it whether you feel unable to not use it as an element of addiction there whether you have to use it for your work and if you do is there a way of separating it out having different email accounts or even different phones perhaps or is it cuz you want to engage you enjoy engaging with the social element of it because it's part of a an exciting and enjoyable job or because it allows you to share positive tools with others so whatever your motivation is 
that will define your experience, your productivity and your enjoyment of technology. If you resent having to use it, then there will always be an element of conflict in the mind because what you want to do and what you have to do will be different. But if your motivation is a positive association, if you can clearly see how both you and others can benefit from the technology, then the experience is likely to be equally positive. So take the time to be really clear about your motivation. And then, of course, it's about choosing what stuff you actually engage with, knowing what leads to a happy mind, what leads to an unhappy mind. Recognising what technology leaves you feeling really sort of frazzled and what content leaves you feeling refreshed and relaxed because there's some great things out there that can help to make a really big difference in your life. In fact, here at Headspace, we're, we're entirely reliant on the, the digital world in, in our attempts to help improve people's health and well-being. So in order to deliver a daily mind training technique for every day of the year, we need to be able to use that technology. We need to be able to send out reminders so that if people have forgotten to take their 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes out of the day, they can be reminded to do that. In the same way, we need to be able to encourage and motivate people, sending them content that keeps them engaged. All of these things, you know, we rely on from technology and it's possible to do some really positive kind of things. In fact, in the new year, we're, we're starting a project with, with Yale Medical School where we'll be relying on the participants to actually use an app, the Get Some Headspace app, on their smartphone so that the neuroscientists at Yale can analyse that data to see the impact of taking a bit of time out each day, of training the mind in the technique of mindfulness and how that can lead to a, a greater sense of calm, clarity and happiness. So clearly the potential for what can be done with the skillful use of technology is huge. We just need to make the right decisions about what we choose to engage with and what we choose to leave behind. What makes us happy and what makes us feel stressed. So remember that when you take time out for meditation, you're actually doing the, the opposite. We're, we're almost counterbalancing all the distraction that happens online. We're actually doing the opposite in meditation. We're, we're focusing on one object and that brings a greater sense of calm and clarity to the mind. It allows both the mind and the body to settle. It's a very comforting feeling. The simple fact is the the more we stimulate the brain the greater the need will be for adequate rest but of course time's short and very few people have the opportunity to to have a sort of a nap during the day so it's going to become increasingly important in a digital world to have a quick and easy technique that you can learn to refresh your brain to brighten your mood and which allows you to be a focused productive and efficient person but even more importantly than that a happy and content person, someone who can embrace technology for all that it's it's helpful with and leave behind all that's unhelpful. So this has got to be the way forward for leading a more skillful life and making the very most from technology. <laughs>